Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Rebecca Baxt podcast. I'm Dr. Rebecca Baxt, board-certified dermatologist, and I'm here to discuss with you all issues relating to the skin that you're in. In this podcast, we will tackle the topic of the day quickly to get you the take-home points that you need. After listening to an episode, you should be educated about the topic and able to fix the issue yourself or well-prepared to ask the right questions at your next dermatology appointment. Let's get started. Today, we are going to talk about laser hair removal. Laser hair removal has been around for many years, decades, really, and the technology hasn't really changed all that much since then. It works incredibly well on dark hair, but it still does not work on blonde hair, white hair, gray hair, or red hair. People have tried all kinds of tricks to get that to happen, but so far nobody has cracked that code, maybe sometime in the future. It does work on all body parts. I've done full faces, ears, necks, chests, abdomens, backs, arms, legs, full bikini, buttock. I've done really pretty much every body part. I've done hands, I've done feet, and it works really well. And it does work on all skin colors, but for darker skin, we need to be very careful about what type of laser and the settings that are used. Multiple treatments are always needed. It would be great if it were one and done, but it's not. We have to do it over and over again to get good, long-lasting, permanent hair reduction. It works on hairs in the growing phase, which is usually somewhere between 80 to 90% of the hairs in the area at a time. So that is one of the reasons it has to be done over and over again. It doesn't get everything all at once, per se. For most body areas and most people, I usually will quote people to do about five to 10 treatments over a one to two year period to get great results. However, it is very hard to be completely and totally hairless, but some people do achieve that, other people don't, and there are some body parts that work better than others in terms of becoming completely hairless. For example, for women, under the arms, the bikini, the legs work fantastically well with great long-term results. I would say men, the chest and the back and the abdomen seems to take longer. Maybe there's more hair in those areas. Maybe the skin is thicker. I'm honestly not really sure why, but that has been my experience over the last 20 plus years. Facial hair, and I have done both women and men, is usually hormonally mediated and it just takes longer to get it to go into basically a remission, but it usually requires ongoing touch-ups. I would say particularly for women who have a lot of facial hair, laser hair removal can be life-changing because usually these patients are constantly plucking, constantly shaving, constantly using makeup, they're embarrassed, and really when you start lasering it, the hair doesn't grow as much, it becomes lighter, it becomes finer, there is much less of it, not much needs to be done in between treatments, and it really is very life-changing for these women. I've made so many people so happy by doing laser hair removal on the face for women. But I've also done it for men, and usually the trouble areas for most people are the sides of the chin. It's just those hairs are really hormonal, and it's hard to get them to go totally away for either women or men. In my office, I use the Gentle Max Pro by Candela, 
and it has two lasers inside it. It has a 755 nanometer alexandrite laser that is very good for fair-skinned patients. And it also has a 1064 YAG laser for darker skin, which also works incredibly well. There are plenty of other lasers that work well for laser hair removal. There isn't just one best laser, but the GentleMax Pro is incredibly good. I recommend the patients shave the hair off of the area a night or two before. Sometimes, particularly for women on their face, this is difficult because they're very used to plucking or waxing, but the treatment will not work unless the hair is actually there because the laser energy gets absorbed by the pigment in the hair follicle. So if there is no hair there because it has been waxed or threaded or plucked, you're wasting your time and money on laser hair removal. So you have to stop waxing, threading, or plucking. I usually request at least two weeks, preferably even a month or so, and the hair just has to be shaved. It could be also dissolved with Nair or Neat or some other hair dissolving cream. The surface of the hair could be cut with scissors. It can be bleached. We just need the hair in the follicle at the time of the treatment, and we don't really want a lot of hair on the surface because we do not want to waste the laser energy incinerating surface hair. We really want to get at the deep root, and so we ask that all the hair is shaved off a day or two before. Obviously, we don't want skin irritation, so if people get irritated from shaving, then we recommend doing it a few days in advance, but we don't want a lot of hair on the surface. So in addition to shaving a day or two before, I do recommend numbing cream for this treatment. And you can get numbing cream over the counter. It's also available by prescription. It is topical lidocaine because the treatment hurts a bit. In my office, I would describe the laser as feeling like a rubber band snapping. It's pretty quick, but it's a no pain, no gain situation. It definitely hurts a little bit. So numbing cream, I recommend an hour before, and then bring the tube with you, rub on a little bit more as you're waiting in the room for me, and then usually it will take the edge off of it. It's probably misnamed numbing cream because it doesn't really make it totally numb. I would prefer to call the cream reduction of pain cream, which is really what it does. It reduces the discomfort. But I've never had someone who can't tolerate laser hair removal. It is a tolerable discomfort. And as I said, it's usually pretty quick. I do not recommend saran wrap on top of the numbing cream. There were reports many years ago of some young women who actually died because they had very high dose numbing cream all over their bodies and they saran wrapped it. These were at laser clinics in one of the Carolinas and one in Florida, uh, not being supervised by physicians with very high dose numbing cream and a lot of saran wrap. You can actually get lidocaine toxicity, which is potentially deadly. So I do not recommend saran wrap ever. And I usually will limit the areas that we do because I don't want people using too much numbing cream. I've never had a problem in my office. So the other important thing to remember is that you do not want to come in tan. The laser works by being absorbed by the pigment in the hair. We do not want to confuse the laser by having pigment also in the surface of the skin. There are lasers where it is safer to do for darker skin, and we could always use that if somebody is tan. But if you come in tan or with your skin darkened, it's just gigantically increasing the risk of a burn from the laser, which is where the laser energy is absorbed by the skin instead of the hair. And that is really not a fun complication. 
I have seen it once in a while despite our best efforts. This occasionally happens. Usually it just heals pretty quickly. I have occasionally had to do some chemical peels and some bleaching creams for people. I've never seen anybody with a permanent problem from it from my office, but it's best to avoid it. And if someone comes in town, we will typically just cancel their procedure. After the procedure, it does not hurt, but it can be a little red and bumpy and stubbly. The stubble, the dead hair, can take a few weeks to come out, really up to two to three to four weeks, especially the first time. It can be shaved off a few days later if it is bothersome, or sometimes if it's a small area, people can actually pluck out the dead stubbly hairs. But that should not hurt when you're doing it, and I don't really recommend that, but it is possible. Usually, I recommend just shave off the stubble if it bothers you. If you don't notice it, nothing needs to be done about it. Once in a blue moon, someone will actually get folliculitis afterwards, which is an inflammation in the hair follicle, and they get very red and bumpy, and it does not go away in a day or two. It persists, and that would need to be treated We normally would treat that with either topical or oral antibiotics, sometimes topical steroids. I have not seen that in a number of years. It's a rare complication from laser hair removal. On the face, I usually start every four to six weeks because that hair grows much more quickly. Most other body parts, I will start it at every six to eight weeks. As I stated previously, it only works on growing hairs. And at some point, the hair starts to grow lighter, finer, and more slowly due to the laser. And we don't need to see people as frequently. So we start to stretch it out. Instead of four to six weeks, it becomes six to eight weeks. Instead of six to eight weeks, it becomes 10 to 12 weeks. Then it becomes, you know, every three months and then every four to six months. People do get permanent reduction. And there are some people who do become hairless, but a lot of people do need occasional maintenance. For facial hair, maybe once or twice a year. On body hair, maybe once a year, once every two years. And these are for people who've done consistent treatments for two years before that. So in summary, for laser hair removal, it works well on dark hairs only with our current technology. It is safe for all skin colors as long as the correct laser and settings are used. I recommend shaving one to two days before the treatment and using numbing cream in advance and not being tan before or after the treatment. I hope that was helpful. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Dr. Rebecca Baxt podcast. I'm Dr. Rebecca Baxt, board certified dermatologist. I hope this episode was informative and that you enjoyed listening. If you found this podcast useful, please give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. It helps others find us so we can help them too. Just a caveat to remember, this is not medical advice, and please see your dermatologist or doctor for questions pertaining to your specific situation. I look forward to talking with you again in the next episode.